Hello and welcome to the Mystic Cast, where you join me, Jack Stafford, a student of metaphysics, as I talk to a variety of guests to better understand the teachings given by the Masters through the Aetherius Society, the new cosmic religion for the Aquarian Age, incorporating all yogas, Christian mysticism, theosophy, UFOs, and much, much more. Please note this is an independent program, not produced or fact-checked by the Aetherius Society. Today, my guest is a shamanic practitioner, Shokya Gummels. Hello. Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Just speaking to you, I'm getting good energy. I'm straight away, you know, I was just before the, show, I was, before the show, I was just, you know, doing my humdrum stuff, but now I'm, I'm here. I'm in the zone. Yes. So am I. It's really yeah. good. Lovely to, to see you here. Lovely to see you. So we came into contact through a mutual friend uh, mm -hmm. who's in the Aetherius Society, Viola, from an other Italian, I'm in Italy. Although I've, I've never actually met her, but we are in contact online and uh, in various groups. So, and she's, she has always got these crazy stories of um, projecting and, and, and meeting people and other, you know, she's really tuned in. Basically. Yes, in, in, yeah. In a way that I'm not, you know, I don't have any of these. I've come to come to the society through uh, the teachings, basically, not through any yeah. personal experience. Has she mentioned the Aetherius Society to you? She has, yes. And she did send me um, a book through. Um, she mentions that she's very active in that too and that there are beautiful gatherings, I think peace gatherings um, that, that you all do together. So, you know, with the work that she's explained to me um, that you do, there is a real beautiful... Um, well, when I say similarity, but you know, the, the, the awareness and the raising of consciousness and what it is that we can do as individual, but also as a, as a collective really, or as a community to raise those vibrations. So yeah, she, uh, she mentions it a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very, um, yeah, active as, as how I perceive it. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, yeah, she, she, how do you say rates it really highly? Yeah. Yeah. yeah great. So. Well, let's come on to what you do and um, because a shamanic practitioner, so I imagine you're in the middle of the jungle, there's ayahuasca, uh, nothing like that, apparently. No, no, actually. Um, I, um, I was taught by a wonderful teacher, Amelda Elmquist, um, actually in London. Uh, she's Dutch, which was a really wonderful, um, well, happy coincidence in that respect or fate. Because you're from Friesland, is that the right? I'm from Ireland. I'm, yes, I'm originally from Holland. I've lived in the UK for 22 years now. Um, but yes, so my teacher, she told us according to the core shamanism, which is um, a, how would I say that, uh, a wording, so to speak, that came together from Michael Harner who looked at the red thread through all different um, uh, forms of shamanism. Yeah, I mean, the word shaman comes from the Tungus tribe in Siberia and is also not a word that is necessarily used in different cultures, you know, like what we might class or call a shaman. In, in um, Peru, they might say a curandera or a curandera, you know? Right. So they have different names for whether it's medicine men and medicine women working in a shamanic way, but it's become that word that um, 
you know, if you were to, for instance, say she's a witch, you know, like, or she's right, a medicine yeah. woman, there is a whole kind of connotation that people hold. There may be judgment around it. So a shaman or a shamanic practitioner has, has almost become this umbrella, mm -hmm. um, umbrella name, but nevertheless, um, is a person who, um, as they would say, the translation of it is he or she who sees in the dark. And what that means it is it's an individual, a man or a woman who travels, yeah, to the unseen world to gather information, guidance and or insight from spirit to bring that back um, into our ordinary reality to be of service to their community or an individual who will need to, um, who, who obviously requests some form of healing, bringing back into balance or restoring of power. Okay, great. So before I, before I heard about the Ethereum Society, I imagined spirit world as being, you know, because I guess I believe in reincarnation. I mean, that's from, mm -hmm. from a while because there's just so much evidence for it. So many, yes. so many anecdotal evidence and near-death experiences. So, mm -hmm. so we have this life between lives. Yeah. Yeah. But what are we, you know, we, we're sleeping or we're just floating around in spirit world. But from what I understand now from, from my studies is that it's a lot more concrete than that. It's another frequency vibration right here mm -hmm. right here mm -hmm. just not visible to me because mm -hmm. i'm not i don't have the necessary not develops in that way and that i understand that each chakra is a realm of consciousness and so in each mm -hmm. each tadfic ray is a realm of consciousness from the sun each of the 365 tadfic rays is a realm of consciousness so there's different frequencies mm -hmm. of vibration mm -hmm. it's not just one spirit world you know you go to the higher and the lower in the middle world yeah, yeah. So does yeah. that chime with what you've experienced on a first-hand yeah. basis? So, yeah, certainly. Um, when we, or when I learned how to journey, which was, um, you know, so if we're looking at whether it's cosmologies or different cultures, yeah, all of us are ultimately have indigenous, come from an indigenous route, regardless whether we are in Britain, whether we are, you know, South America, wherever it is, there's been indigenous people, original people of the land, who were working in very close relationship to nature, whether that was for their need to survive, yeah, so being in relationship, understanding, um, honoring, um, you know, some might say worship, but I, I really think it was very much more a relationship of reciprocity and of honoring the land um, to, to, you know, for them in hope, obviously, that the crops were going to be really good or, you know, so for survival skills, but at the same time, being in real close relationship to all of life. Um, and um, the realms as into like journeying to, you know, the, the lower world, the middle world and upper world is is another red thread that, that has been very kind of common in different, um, uh, in different cultures. So, you know, except maybe for a couple like the Norse, they have nine worlds, yeah? But a lot of the other ones, you would find that there would be um, a lower world that people access or that the shaman or a practitioner would access in a middle world, which would be pretty similar to the world that we live in. But actually, as you were already um, pointing out, there is much more, right? Even within our middle world that our seeing eye might not be able to perceive. Um, and of course, then we have got the upper world. So the, the shamans or shamanic practitioner would navigate him or herself through um, almost like a, um, a shaman's map. 
learning how to enter the lower world, learning how to enter or access the information in the middle world. And so also for the upper world to gather information for guidance and healing for, um, for, for the community or for in whichever way they need to be in service. But there definitely is that, that, um, that way and even a process that people can really learn. Yeah, it is like, you know, as Sandra Ingerman, um, who's one of my first teachers, mentioned, you know, everybody can journey, everybody can learn to, to have access to meeting um, a guide or helping spirit or a power animal. Um, that, and that is a relationship that then gets to be developed, yeah, like a normal mm. friendship, um, in which you can then start, you know, gathering information and insight that you might not have been able to gather with your um, normal state of consciousness. Wow, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, we've got a lot to get through in an hour. I really mm. want to pick your brains because, you know, I speak to a lot of people who, who do project and do, and it's very difficult to get them to explain it because it's, it's difficult to put into words, I imagine. But, you know, so you go to the other realms and mm -hmm. are they, do they stay geographic? Because because each realm, we could be under a mountain in one mm -hmm. this realm or another realm, mm -hmm. uh -huh. or under an ocean. Uh -huh. It's just the you know existing at different yeah. frequency. But yeah. do they so, do they do they stay the same? Like, do you if you project, do you always go? I is it is the geography the same? Well, so so how I would explain it is that you know the depending yes. Yeah? So if you, for instance, start enough, so when you start your to undertake a journey, so to speak. And initially you are learning, okay, what does my entrance to the lower, lower world looks like? Yeah. Then that will be the way you navigate safely. Yeah. So if my entrance would be something all different all the time, yeah, it, that is a possibility. But the way I teach it initially for those who are really new to the work is get set in a way that you start understanding the landscape that you're walking into. So I might say, well, you know, there's an opening in, uh, you know, through a, a guided journey initially. Yeah. For those who are unfamiliar with it, um, you, you set an intention. That's the first thing your driving force in a journey is an intention. Yeah. And so different maybe from meditation where, where you might, um, where you might kind of, you know, really focus on being and being present doesn't mean you might not hold an intention for it, but the intention with the journey is to gather information, is to gather insight. It's to learn something that is something that you're learning from guides that you are meeting in non-ordinary reality. So that is the, 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 the sacred landscape, so to speak. Mm. The entrance point is important because when you start learning what, a, what it looks like, and it changes, it also then has to do with, you know, let's say there's a normally like a, um, a hole in the ground that you move through. And I know that it all sounds really kind of like, you know, I, I wouldn't even say weird, but maybe for, for the, the uh, for, for like, you know, anyone who kind of says, what do you mean moving through the ground? But when you're undertaking a journey and you want to travel, look at it as a world tree. Yeah. So if you'd have a hollow or like the roots from a tree, you may, your way of moving through the lower world might be, I move through the trees all the way to another landscape, but it will be the way you navigate to that place that is really important that you 
that that is, it doesn't need to be set, but that you're very familiar, that you learn to become very familiar with that route, because also it is through that movement, if something, for instance, isn't in alignment, that you know, hey, you know what, maybe today's not a good journey, a good day to journey. Yeah. So it is, it is a way that you're starting to understand the nuances. So for me, there's a particular way that I journey to the lower world. That is pretty much the same every time I undertake a journey. Now, when I go into the other world and I meet my ally, my landscape can somewhat change depending on, am I journeying for myself? Hmm. And sometimes there might be a specific special place for me that I might need healing or whatsoever. And I ask my guide, you know, um, to maybe receive a healing. That might be in a specific place to me. But if I undertake a journey for another person, then it might mean that my journey to the lower world is the same. But as I enter, I ask my guides to take me to wherever it is that I need to be taken for them to show me what is most needed for my client. What is most needed? What is it? And so the landscape can also, because of our relationship to nature, can then show me hey, what's going on here? Hmm. So that part of the landscape can change, but my enter point, the way I enter my journey, whether that is to the upper world or lower world, more specifically, that kind of stays the same for me. Okay. Because from, because when we're dreaming, so mm -hmm. a lot of the time we're projecting, yeah, because is that, does that ring true with you? Is, when people as, sort as of, if, they're unconsciously projecting to the, yeah, I did, did. For me, it very much sits within the intention. So a lot of shamans they dream, and I set an intention before they dream to be shown something. Okay. Yeah. So it is like you can, you know, with with there's different dream practices anyway, where you you know you may repeat a question um, a couple of times before you going into dream state to actually be shown some information that is relevant or necessary for you to learn and or to know. So dreaming is huge. You know, in do you in remember all your dreams? Are you conscious when you dream? And um, it's very, it's very interesting. It is. I only remember my dreams in general when they're really relevant. So, okay. um, whether I'm working in my dream, also, ah. um, and there's certain times that I find that I might have periods like I always know that I'm dreaming, hmm. but I only remember them when there's a real significance for me to remember it, or where there is a message from spirit that I feel okay. I really need to do something with this. What is it trying to tell me? And then you could, for instance, if you're unsure of what it's trying to tell you, you can take that dream and then undertake a journey on it. So there's a big difference between dream, because when I'm dreaming, you know, I do stupid things that I wouldn't do in my conscious state. But there's, mm -hmm. there's a big difference between journeying and dreaming, journeying your conscious yes. you. Yes. You know, I mean, I... Yes. But the thing is, don't forget that when we are working shamanically, we can fly. We can right, shape yeah, shift yeah. into into another, um, you know, it into um, a power animal or an ally, or we can be what become one with an element. So right. sometimes when we perceive our dreams to be kind of a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Oh my gosh, I was flying. It's a fuzzy line, is it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so it just depends on how much you are in alignment with understanding and learning how to interpret signs and symbols and messages mm. also. But those are at the same time also um, I wouldn't say like it's a, well, maybe it's an art that you can refine mm. as long as, you know, repetition and, and consistency in practice will make everything, um, much sharper 
and will allow you to also, uh, how would I say that, interpret symbolisms in a very different way. So in the beginning where people are journeying, they might kind of go a bit, yeah, but what does that mean? And what does that mean? And my teachers, all of my teachers have said, journey on it. And I'd be mm -hmm. like, can you just not interpret it for me? And they would be like, no, journey on it. Oh, I hate it when they... Yeah, but it, it, but you know what it actually does? It, what it does and what we have kind of fallen out of is to really trust what comes to us and for us to really learn how to interpret it rather than maybe going, hey, what does that power animal mean in Google? What it means on mm, Google yeah, through yeah. someone's interpretation doesn't mean Different, that that's actually yeah. the core message for you as an individual. So the, 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 the teachings through that is really learning to deepen your personal relationship with your own practice. That doesn't mean that you don't get guidance. It doesn't mean that you don't get support. But when it comes to learning how to interpret, they would say, well, what does that mean for you? Hmm. Can you journey on it? Go and ask what this means. What were you shown? And that is to not to kind of not fall into that away, also given away of your power to someone else knowing. So for me, it opened up oh, yeah, a, lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of, it actually gave me a lot of, uh, would I say peace or sense of belonging and sense of empowerment, being yeah. able, yes. And empowerment to actually say, you know what, we all know we've got the key. Mm. However, I'm able to access things through this way that I've never been able to access before. And I've been on huge different journeys in, you know, whether it was through Buddhism, through really searching and trying to find myself in ways of what is my practice? You know, what do I find resonance with? What feels right for me? And, and I always say what's right for me might not be right for you. And everybody has their way of finding their path. For me, learning how to journey, it was like, oh, you know, like it really opened up. Um, one beliefs and, 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 and deep knowings that I already had, but being able to put it in a framework, being able to kind of say, oh, so that's what it is that I do. Or, you know, like it, it gave me a really wonderful framework to work with and to really also, um, you know, a, a huge part of the work is, is shadow work at the same time, making sure that we don't project, that we don't you know, our own stuff onto others, that we really become a hollow bond for spirit to move through and to convey information without having our own conditioning, you know, in there. Uh, and um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very abstract talking about spirit world for us, because I, especially for me, I'm conditioned to the materialistic world. You know, I, I'm, you know, completely, you know, brainwashed into the thinking this is physical and everything and so mm -hmm. i have a own journey but I, I once you're there i imagine it's it's closer to spirit it's closer to your true nature the other realms so it's actually more natural to be for us to be there than to be here would you say that was um i it's a it's a really interesting one because actually what came to mind for me is like for me personally this has been a real deep journey of remembering and the remembering comes from the part that one, your imagination is, is being able to, to learn, to reconnect to your imagination, your dream world. Yeah. So looking at a child's imagination, 
you know, when we were to say their imagination, actually they're in constant communication with spirit. And when I say spirit, I mean, they talk to trees, they cuddle this, they'll talk to yeah, an animal are, yeah. as if it is a, 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 um, a person in front of Conscious, yeah, yeah. Right. And so that is almost what we as adults yeah. are invited to return back to because actually it was before the conditioning of saying that doesn't exist, that's not there. This is the way social conditioning or maybe cultural conditioning, whatever that is, is all our doors as a child are open within our mind. Yeah, we perceive it in a completely open, most of the time, pretty non-judgmental way. We see all as energy, really. Mm. Um, and then there comes the, the growing up of, you know, maybe so that doesn't exist. Mm. And actually... Even our imagination, a lot of the times, gets closed down because we've got to get we've got to get um, on the hamster wheel, or we've got to kind of fit into a certain way of being. Yet, this practice for me was very much of reminding me in this way of life of actually remembering all of our senses. We we are not even aware of actually all of our senses or visual senses are really almost like amplified through whether it's all the screens, everything moving really fast. So we put a lot of emphasis on what, what we need to perceive um, visually. But spirit or source or life force, whichever naming, whatever your cosmology is, yeah, life force energy speaks to us on an energetic way and through all of our senses whether there's a deep inner knowing, whether there's a, um, a, a, a hearing that you are connected to, whether there is a sense, a taste, information comes through all of these senses. And so by working shamanically, yeah, or with, with any other practice, the invitation really is, is to open up all your senses and your imagination as if it is the imagination of a child to start to remember where we've actually started to close doors. Mm. A lot of the times that is the one thing that I find that is um, even that can really shift people in into perceiving, receiving intuition and information in a really different way and already brings them kind of much closer to their true nature, mm. which is one of, of being in energy in energy flow, but also really in deep connection to all of life and not fall into that um, way of separateness, human nature. We are nature. So shamanism or working with spirit is working with nature, being in direct dialogue, looking outside and looking at the signs and symbols that are always part of that, that, that ebb and flow of our own um, human experiences, you know, what's without is also within, you know? And so the way we perceive life a lot of the times, whether that is through our own condition is also what is alive within us. So when we learn to, um, you know, be more in direct relationship with the flow of even the seasons, we start aligning ourselves in a very different way and perceiving you know, ourself and the world around us in a very different way. Oh, so it's like, even when you're not projecting, you're still in this energetic yeah. state seeing, yes. I know, 
I know everything is God. I mean, I know this pen yeah. is God and this thing is, this microphone is God, but I just, I don't see it in the way the matrix, you know, with the ones and the zeros and I'm not, I'm not feeling the energy. I'm seeing it severely as a physical thing yeah. separate from myself, but you're saying it's, it's just, we're all just this one. Yes, we are. And so if you would, for instance, as an example, if I were to, so we do, we do something that is called an almond walk. Yeah. And an omen walk is, is, is merely a walk where you set an intention, you go outside and you look for signs and symbols connected to the question that you have. And it is super fun to do. It is really opening yourself up sometimes to things that you haven't noticed in your own surroundings because you are now attuning yourself to be shown for the universe. Yes. Yeah, so even with like cosmic ordering and things like that. For the universe to show you something on the basis of a question that you are setting or an intention that you're setting. The amount of people that have come back to me and said, gosh, I've never even noticed that. And all of a sudden I saw this sign on the, on the wall walking with the intention and they were literally writing down everything else that they were seeing. Because I always say, take a notepad take with you because card. like dreams, you think you're going to remember. And then, oh, what was that again? You know? So literally going on that journey and then, and that's also a journey. Yeah. Well, it's a journey that I would say in the middle world. So it's not always, um, that you have to, you know, um, sit in an altered state of consciousness and drum yeah, to get to that through like drumming, singing, dancing, to actually being able to take that ordinary jacket off with all the layers of our daily concerns and step into the, into that, let's say meditative state to be able to access information, you can go outside and ask nature to show you. And what you'll be seeing is maybe two crows flying in one way, or you, you overhear, um, you know, a conversation, or you see something that takes place and all of it, one way or the other will have relevance to the question that you've asked because you are asked to be shown, plus you are setting an intention for this walk. So nature will show us, and that can be in an inner city. You don't have to be in the countryside or in the woods. You know, it's actually mm. really fun to, to, to do things like that and to start looking to be almost more, more, um, conscious and aware of the, the, the scene that normally is unseen to us as we walk in our day, 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 day to day life. So what would you ask? What kind of thing have you? What? So as, as for instance, in my, um, in my experience of an omen walk. So, um, I remember being in Cornwall, I was working with this really wonderful, um, woman. She was uh, doing a course there, um, introduction to our shamanic practitioners course. And I was assisting her and, um, we had, we were working with earth medicine. And so we were guided to say, okay, you know, what is, what is needed? So what is needed? So let's say we bring it, what does the collective really need to be a little, be more aware of? So my journey started and I'm, and I'm walking and I see in this case, two crows kind of flying. So I'm like looking going, okay, two crows flying. Okay. So that's two, maybe masculine, feminine. You kind of like feel into a little bit until things unfold. And then I heard like running water and I was like, okay, flow. Okay. So collaboration, teamwork, you know, doing things for the collective could really mean that on our own, that's one, but doing things together will move things forward. And then the funny thing was, is I was walking around the corner and this was around the December period. And this gentleman literally walks out and he says, Hey, love, give me a hand. And it was about like 
putting all these lights up. And you kind of go, well, what does that have anything to do with? But again, someone asking for support. Yeah. So we're looking at what needs to be done for, for the earth. I will pass to see this, um, uh, this symbol basically stating, pick up your S-H-I-T. And I was like, okay, in order to be more aware, we need to work together. We need to make sure we clean up. And then it was another big sign that walked, li like literally these things are, are, are moving like that, which said the Labour Party. So there were obviously something going on, but labor also means work. It takes work, you know, to stand together, to make changes, to oh, be wow, willing that's a great to support someone else. Yeah, who's there. So is there a willingness to support your community, even if you don't know them? Is there a way that those flying, the, the crows, whether it is a meeting of the sacred feminine, the sacred masculine, or again, that working together and in flow of that water, picking up your own S-H-I-T, right? to make sure that you do your own personal cleaning up and it takes work. It doesn't just come like that. So in that journey, as, as you know, as a messaging, you can start kind of putting together these pieces and kind of go, wow, isn't that a beautiful insight? I'm a real believer in that. And finding the right questions is the secret to success and the secret to, if you are, because answers are everywhere, you know, yes, hitting, I agree. hitting you in the head all the time. But, uh, mm -hmm really knowing how to, knowing the right question to ask. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is always, I think probably that would have been the most trickiest thing is finding the right questions because, you know, journeying is also, you know, maybe different to meditation where people might meditate every morning. I would journey if there's a need for me to journey. And that yeah, I wanted to ask you how many times you, because if I was doing, I'd just be, I'd be doing all the time, you know, or did you in the early days, did you? In the early, well, when I say in the early days, sometimes you journey more than others. When I do, when I work one-to-one -one with people, so I do one-to-one -one sessions, mm -hmm. I have to undertake a diagnostic journey to gather guidance as to what this person needs, what processes we will be working with. That doesn't come necessarily through my own conscious mind. That comes from me asking the guidance from my helping and compassionate allies and or spirits. So they will show me what is needed for my, um, for my client that, you know, has brought something. And is it like a real conversation? I mean, is, you know, you're taking notes. I mean, or is it? Yeah. It's really yeah, just. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I literally undertake the journey. And then when I come out of the journey, I take some notes. Sometimes it can be a case that something comes up that I feel is really pressing for me to remember to say to my client. Then I might literally go whoop, whoop in, write it down and go drop back into the journey to see if there's anything else that is needed. But that is an essential part of our, of our one-to-one -one sessions is I do a diagnostic journey prior to um, me seeing a client to make sure that that which is necessary or needs to be in place, or maybe I need to gather for the individual uh, you know, or in my preparation work that all of that is done prior to me seeing, seeing someone. Mm -hmm. um, and so my journey work with my clients, yes, I have to do that. If there's something that if, for instance, I feel um, I might need some personal guidance on something that is arising, then I will journey for personal guidance for myself. If there's healing that need that's needed, then I journey for that also. But there's also a part of, you know, when you're in a friendship, in any relationship, you're building relationships. So you don't only just want to show up when you need something. You also want to show up and dance. 
mm-hmm. and, and, and be in relationship and bring um, an offering. And that offering can be song. It can be a song that you're singing. It can be, um, it can be drumming that you do to really kind of like offer your gratitude for, for the guidance that you are receiving. Yeah, within mind of any relationship takes time, takes, um, takes effort in regards to, to, to maintaining, maintaining a good relationship. Well, I really want to get into asking you about how you do it, but I'm going to save that right to the end just because mm-hmm. that's obviously the, what everyone wants to know, but I'll just keep that hanging in the air for a bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. so, but when you project, is time different? I know on the, I suppose being the teachings, they say that the, on the highest and the lowest, it, it gets time is longer. So you project, have you had that experience too? Yeah. I mean, time to be really honest with you, um, so we were outside of time. That's how we kind of say it. So for instance, yeah. if I were to do sessions with people and they can't be there within that same time frame, um, you know, let's say I do a moon circle, which I run, and people can't be there. We include people within the circle, even though they might access the recording outside of time, yet they are energetically included. So time does work in a different way, you know, um, but as to state, you know, sometimes you undertake a journey and you might feel like, oh my gosh, I've been here for like half an hour and it's only been about 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so that the way we perceive time and sometimes you do a journey and it literally can be not more than three, four minutes. Um, and yet it feels like the fast amount of information that you would have gathered is enough to really do your session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, so, so time definitely works, works differently. But we work outside of time. So um, that means that if your intention is to include a group of people or your intention is to work in a certain way, but you cannot physically be there, then then you can do the work outside of time and yet energetically still be included and contribute. Wow. And so do you go, are the higher realms nice? And have you been to the lowest realms? Are they as dark as, as torturous places as... Not at all. No? That's the thing. No, the lower world is fantastic. It's not, you see, the thing is the, the, the idea we have, let's say through Christianity and maybe some other religions is that the lower world is representative of hell. Yeah. So that's kind of what we know. The lower world must be the really low energy of something, but actually I love journeying to the lower world. It's very vibrant. It's, it's, um, it's absolutely beautiful. For me, there is no, none of the worlds are dark. They are different. In... What do you mean physically? Like when the ones you're going into the ground? Yeah, no. So physically, yes, you might move through, for instance, like, so let's say you. Physically in a projected state. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You move through a cave that you kind of, but you know, it can be a crystalline cave. Yeah. So it is whatever kind of, you know, it doesn't mean it has to really be a deep, dark place that you're moving through but the meaning of moving through the lower world is as we were looking at the world tree you have the lower world the middle world and the upper world which gives you a a a way to navigate and to learn um a way of accessing these these different points so it's more a way that we learn to access different points so if you were to for instance move to the upper world and you can imagine being on the highest branch and then being lifted by a cloud so to speak or taken by a bird to lift you to a different realm or whichever way it presents to you, that is the moving up. And so what I find in the upper world 
and, and that can differ. And that is also very personal, but what has been quite a commonality is that, you know, you might connect to whether it's a more of an angelic realm, mythical creatures, um, uh, it can be ascended masters, it can be ancestors, um, it can be gods and goddesses, but what they offer is a higher perspective on a situation. They could kind of give you that, that, that different outlook on certain things. And, you know, if you're looking at, for instance, you know, moving that with the bird and bird's vision, you know, it's also a really deep, different kind of wisdom that house is there. Yeah, ascended masters and those, that does fit with the teachings of the Ethereum Society, the, uh -huh. the, um, the Great White Brotherhood, uh -huh. the, the Great Spiritual Hierarchy of Earth. But I think mm -hmm. with the lower realms, it's definitely that maybe you haven't been down there because this, it is the Dr. King, you know, he came with a mission for... He's the master of the Ethereum Society, and he, he they always all these masters like Jesus or um, the Buddha. They come with a main mission, like the headline mission, uh -huh. which should bring teaching and wisdom. But and so Dr. King, he was um, he was a a medium, but he would do um, he was a not a trance medium. Uh -huh. He would he would raise Kundalini up all the way to the ground chakra and then receive. Uh -huh. It was a channel for cosmic intelligences, not just the ascended masters. So you had to be a very high level, but his his main mission was to transmute the lower astral realms, mm. where, mm -hmm. where the where the most darkest intelligences have existed for eons. And he, mm -hmm. together with um, the the six adepts, he mm -hmm. transmuted the, the intelligence that was known as Satan and fought mm -hmm. the apocalypse that was mm -hmm. predicted in the Bible and transmuted. So it was a really dark dark place yeah and so in that respect the lower world does not represent that the oh, lower yeah. world in that relationship would be more um you know you may connect to power animals and it doesn't mean that an ascended master cannot show up in the lower world also yeah exactly. when someone works more with it but in the way of how i'm teaching it is like you know in the lower world you may um go there for personal healing you may right. go there to to deal with 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 um you know certain situations that are pressing for you personally it could be part of your past it can be a power loss soul loss yeah certain parts of ourselves that we are because you know working shamanically is very much about restoring power restoring your energy calling back home the parts of you that throughout your life maybe throughout conditioning throughout certain situations that have happened that you've experienced a loss of power that you then want to be, you know, maybe we can't get that back ourselves. Yeah, maybe that's hard. So then you work with a practitioner of whichever kind that does this type of work, so to speak, that can support you in calling back that those parts of yourself. And that can be inner child work. Yeah, that could be all these different things. But the lower world is certainly not a place of, of, of doom in the, in, in the sense of if you were to look at the world tree and the roots, a lot of people struggle uh, sometimes initially because of the whole understanding of um, heaven and yeah. hell. Right. But that is not how that works within this work. Okay. So maybe you're projecting to one realm where you have the the different different aspects. So maybe yeah, and could... it's important because the thing is, it's it's um you know it's a really vibrant and beautiful place. Like for me, it's probably where most of my journeys take place. 
Mm. I go to the lower world to gather information and, and you build a relationship with your guide there that is for me feels I get a lot of practical advice, you know, or information on, for instance, how when I work with my clients and, and occasionally, or not even occasionally, depending on what needs to come forth, I am then either sometimes guided to then move up to the upper world to get a different perspective or to look at, um, you know, um, gather wisdom that is, that is, you know, of, of a different quality that can support that individual. But the worlds, all of them are, uh, to me, very beautiful places to, to be. It is, they hold a different way of accessing information. Okay. All right. So here's the million dollar question. And so how do we get there? So that's where, you know, people come and, and learn how to do an introduction to shamanic journeying. Okay. So the vehicle, a lot of the times for, to getting into a shamanic state of consciousness, as Michael Harner would say, but it's more an altered state of consciousness is through the means of um, a drum. Yeah. Um, through. Well, sorry. many psychedelics, but I guess many people. Yeah. And that's, that's the way, but the thing is, this is, this, this is a really interesting part. Sorry. I've gone a little bit blurry here. Um, I'm just trying to, um, the, so, so this is completely, I use, yeah, that's I don't much, use psychedelics. That's a much all. better way. I don't think, I don't condone, I don't think it doesn't chime with what I, you know, because you lose control now, you're a kind of. Well, the thing is, I think personally that there is a place for all of it, but it is depend, it depends on how that space is being held. And if you are working with the plant medicine, you one need to be really informed and be in relationship with that plant medicine, because remember, everything is alive and a plant medicine is not just a medicine. It's a spirit. Okay, it, yeah, is, yeah. it is, it is, it's, it's a being. Yeah. So, yeah. and then you need to be really sure that that space is held and facilitated with someone who really is in right relationship with that. So not only you know, um, are have you, you also, have you also journeyed with, uh, with psychedelics yourself or is it, no, you've only no, had a I path, yeah. no, I've not journeyed with psychedelics because, you know, the way I was taught my teacher, yeah. you know, she said to me and I don't, I don't judge any of it. It's just how I was taught. She said that she could access everything she needs to access without anything, with yeah. any substance, substances Sounds needed. Good to me, yeah. And so to gather the information that I've been able to gather, you know, through the, the, the guidance of my, of my, you know, helping spirits has, has been enough for me, um, not to necessarily journey with psychedelics. Let me put it that way. Sure. But I know people who work with psychedelics in a really, you know, hold a lot of integrity around it. And, and, and there's beautiful, you know, it, the, the medicine of plants is, is a really beautiful way of working with. But it's not a necessity to access information and or journey. Let me put it that way. Well, the, the yogis don't use it. I mean, they, you control your mind. Yeah. And you, you know, you leave the body and you go, you, you know, yeah. you, you, you sit yourself, you cross in Padvasana, you give up free, you give up freedom and uh, you give up the free will and in return, you have freedom yeah. to travel, you know, even to other worlds. So, yeah. Yeah. But basically what I do do is okay. um i drum so okay. you know the, the, the drumming or rattling or sometimes singing um in which i open sacred space but also when i drum it 
brings your brain waves into a theta state, which means everything kind of slows down. Yeah, you kind of start like the 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 brain waves. They you know you hit this 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 altered state of consciousness, which allows you to to almost take off that ordinary jacket off with doing the shopping list and the to-do lists and all of that stuff, which by the way, for children, when they journey, they get there like that. I I believe you. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. They'll probably be like two minutes in. They kind of go, I've done my journey already, gathered on the, all the information. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm still taking my coat off, you know, to actually be there and kind of like focus on my breathing and centering myself. It takes sometimes longer for us as adults. Kids are there in no time, but I do you lose it. control of the physical when you project or no. do you no. No. Okay. no, because the one thing that's really important to understand when you are journeying, you're stepping into your journey with all your senses wide open. You are not there to lose anything. And that's a really important thing. You need to be grounded. You need to make sure that you practice sacred self-care, that you look after yourself because ultimately we are here, you know, spiritual beings in a, in a in a human body, in a physical manifestation, you know, and, and, and the whole part of that is, is you want to be able to look after this. So there's no, I'm losing myself because you want to, you want to be with one foot in the reality and stepping with one foot in non-ordinary reality. So if we were to say that control or basically that way of being able to kind of say, I can pick up from non-ordinary reality and trans um, and, and not even translate, but make the information to good use in ordinary reality. And that's what this is about. It's not about spending time in spirit world and doing that and, and then not being able to do anything with the information. It is about what is the information, the insight and the guidance that I have received from spirit, from source, from whatever, you know, like whomever from angels, I'm just giving you. Um, a different namings that people might have. What can I do with that information to really bring it into action? And that's how we're making changes. You know, it has to have some form of practical use or a way that we can transfer that information into something that that will have a form of manifestation, even if it is, you know, um, because that's it's where we have to do it. Hmm. Where we have an, where you know, need to bring things to an embodied practice. Right. So having information and knowledge that's just sitting there hmm. ends up being information that's just sitting there. And so that's where journeying with an intention, either for someone or for community or for the larger community in which, in which I include nature, how can I be of service? Okay. So what am I now going to do with the information I gathered? What right. action? So there is always an action that, that kind of, which is, is always the encouragement I give my, my students or my, uh, my clients is, okay, how can we now work with this so that you can really create the shifts that you want to be making in your life, you know, so that you can really work with what has presented itself and, and actually really work with, with the, the guidance that you've been getting, but to bring it into practice to do something with it, because that's what we really want. That's beautiful. These are our natural inherent abilities. Yeah. We're all just, we're just not using our, our birthright. And this is, mm. 
it's people like yourself doing such vital work to to reconnect us to, to ourselves basically yeah it's for me it's very much about you know it's been a journey for myself of coming home to myself to deeper understanding myself to have a better way of practicing sacred self-care to you know all of these things have been part of my own journey because i was looking for healing i was looking for for resolve i was looking to feel like a sense of belonging you know it is through my own personal healing journey that i've come to this point and and one part for me is, is because it's brought me home to myself. That's why I want to share the work in supporting others to come home to themselves and give them the tools to really continue uh, for them to strengthen their inner knowing, their, their truth court, and, you know, create more expansion in their own life for themselves and ultimately emanate that out and transmute and transfigure you know, uh, for, for, for the world at large, because it's so needed. Yeah. I mean, see from the testimonials on your website, people have, and you know, also from, from, uh, from friends I've heard that you're doing incredible work and it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. So how can people contact you then if people want to, you know, it's best to do a course, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I've got a course coming up in um, April, which I believe is, let me just have a really quick look because I just looked it up. Yeah, so the 16th of April, I've got an introduction to shamanic journeying coming up, which is a five-week um, course uh, to, for people to learn how to journey. And is that online um, or? Uh... That's an online course. Yes, okay. that's an online course. I also will have an in-person course uh, coming up in September, which will be in the Folkestone area. That's where I live in uh, in Kent in the UK. Um, information around that will be coming up on my um, website very soon, including the 16th of April. Um, but that will be, uh, that's, that's one way. Otherwise, people can literally go to my website, um, www.threadsofhealing.co.uk whether they want to have some more information whether they um you know i do moon circles also so there's many ways that people can contact me uh whether it's through social media or through my website really to okay. learn more about the work uh, and and if there's any questions really you know in whichever way i can be of assistance yeah because i don't this episode stays online for a long time and i don't think it'll come out until april so yeah, best people sign up. I see you have a mailing list. People can sign up to that. Yeah, and because you know you're you're doing so many so many different things. I see there's sample tracks on your website, guided meditation. Yes, yes, we do. That's created by my husband and myself. I've got a very talented husband who's in. He's doing music and and um, voice movement therapy work, and so we've teamed up and actually created some really wonderful meditations, which are also on Insight Timer. Mm. Um, which we've, you know, really loved doing. And uh, yeah, the guided journeys or the guided meditations have also allowed people to start getting a little bit used to the language use. You know, sometimes language use can be a barrier for people mm -hmm. also if they're unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, and, and it gives people a little bit of an idea as to whether I'm the right person for them. But even if not, um, I would always kind of say, if you're looking for someone, whether it's someone near to you, um, then I'm also very, very happy to um, refer you uh, through to someone else who might be in your area or, um, you know, because it's it's beautiful work. 
And do you also go to festivals or healing festivals? I, I haven't really as yet. I haven't as yet. I think also that whole, the whole period with COVID when that was happening, um, you know, I, I really started to expand from that time onwards with a lot of the, the guided journeys that I ended up doing online. Um, and, um, sorry, I don't know why it's gone blurry again, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so the guided journeys that I was doing, um, online, which is something that I never thought I would, because I thought, well, how are people going to really, yeah, connect? Yeah. um, but actually people really connected and, um, there was a real, uh, call for it. And that's how I actually met Viola. Um, literally from doing uh, a guided journey or guided meditation that I was offering and we stayed in contact ever since. So, uh, which has been a really beautiful and wonderful journey, you know, to meet her and, uh, you know, uh, and, and a developing friendship at the same time. But that's, that's really how that started. So festivals were, were not necessarily, haven't been on the card, but I have started to look at some. Okay. Yeah. Because I was just with the drum circles. I mean, Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. And how, how you have a, I see on your website, you have a big drum. Uh, it's like a tambourine. Do you, do you just play it rhythmically? Or is there a particular style you have to do? Or is it just what suits you? Or Do you want me to play a little bit? Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope she's because, sure, oh, sorry, I'm just kind of trying to. Okay. So this is my drum. That was very nice. Yeah. I can yeah. really see how I can really see how that would even just getting through my headphones there was just yeah. but I imagine if you're in a a room I can see how that can take you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then and it is a vehicle through the drumming, even with the rattling, there is the rhythm in that really calms down that nervous system. It calms down. You know, it brings you almost more into an alignment of calm. Then it's from that place of calm that we can then open ourselves up to access different information or even insights within our own, um, you know, within our own consciousness. Things can drop in in a different way when we feel whether it is more grounded or whether we feel that there is a form of, of even taking that moment for yourself. That's what I always say. Sometimes taking that five minutes, that 10 minutes for yourself to focus on your breath, to maybe listen to a drum track, just to calm yourself, allows you to, in life, come from a place of responding rather than reacting. And even that is a very different way of, um, of being. And so the drum really does that, that, that theta state 
allows us to, for a moment, breathe, for a moment, be rather than do, for a moment to open ourselves up to, to all, all our senses, really. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I keep meaning to do, you know, like go to the beach and have a bonfire and, you know, have a drum would like that would be wonderful. But you just you just turn on Netflix instead and just, uh, uh, you know, just vegetate. Just, I've already got to we've got to steer ourselves in the direction of, of practices like that, you know, and, mm. and it's so beautiful once you it's like a massage, like a foot massage, giving your partner a foot massage just. We're going a bit off topic here, but yes, the kind of thing that I keep meaning to do, but you know, I yeah. got my to-do list, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It is really everything I kind of say, and that's the same that comes back over and over again. It is, you know, what empowers you when you do it, whether mm. that has taken that moment out and having that foot massage, having that walk, or, or what is empowering for you or what is disempowering for you. And sometimes sitting in front of the telly and watching a really good show or watching Netflix can be the thing that you need in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. But there's always also those times where you kind of go, actually, what would really nourish me right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. When you then do it, you think, gosh, I don't understand why, I why I'm not doing this more often. So it's almost putting those things in your diary that almost don't allow you to be able to come out of it. And you've mm. got to kind of do it so that you become, you start creating a sacred self-care, you know, as I'd like to say it, practice for yourself, mm. right? committed to something. You're going to show up. You maybe have paid for to go to a drum circle, if that's the case. And you go and you know, yeah, I've got that date in the book. So it's a, we almost got to cheat ourselves some, sometimes rather than giving ourselves all the space because life gets really busy. Life gets really hectic. But then sometimes we... We forget that actually the thing that really inspires us and re-energizes us is that the one thing that we might not do. That's why you go to festivals is because, you know, you, yeah. it raises your, because we're the average, you know, I mean, you're, the people around us are not, I mean, you obviously have more friends like yourself, but you know, I'm in the south of Italy here and, you know, nobody's into this kind of stuff. And so I kind of kind of get kind of wallow around. So, but just speaking to you in this hour has really picked me up, and I need to, I need to do these more of these practices. And because yeah, going for a better walk barefoot in nature is, you know, yeah, you go out, but but having a drum there would be just like that's kind of instant as well. So, but the amazingness with your feet on the earth is you are being recharged immediately. The earth literally on the bottom of your feet is the, the I think it's called the wellspring of life. Mm -hmm. And your body literally absorbs the earth's energy through that. You are, if you are standing with your feet on the earth, you get a natural recharge just there. Mm -hmm. And that's why people kind of say, gosh, you know, like for instance, in summer, they've been on holiday. I feel so amazing. It's not just the sun. It's your connection to the earth nine out of 10 times because... Mm -hmm. You're probably out in nature more and merely being in nature is healing for you. You know, when you've been really stressed out or maybe there's a lot going on and you go to a place in nature, you see the ocean and you go, oh, and everything just drops off you. Yeah. That is the effect of nature. And so the more we can surround ourselves in, in natural environments, the more we actually, even our energy field expands. 
when we are there. In inner cities, we tend to be more like this because there's so much we have to deal with. Mm. So our energy field becomes tighter around us. But in nature, it breathes, it opens up. And that's a natural, that's, that's a natural, um, you know, the natural state of being when you're in nature. Yeah. And so walking barefoot is phenomenal, of course, if you can bring a drum or even a rental. And a rental is made super easy. You get a jar, you put some popcorn in it, and you shake it. And, you really? and you're like this, or like little peas or rice, and you do this, and literally even the sonicness of that, you'll bright, you will literally calm down. Barefoot shaking, okay. Barefoot shaking. There you go. I like that. Let's go barefoot shaking on an omen walk. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Doing that as well. Okay. Well, I've got another good to-do list, but I know these things are all good for me. This, this has been amazing. I've really had a wonderful time chatting to oh, you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me over here. It's, it's been a real joy. No problem. And it's threadsofhealing.co.uk. People Correct. go and contact you in person or online. And Absolutely. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. And you, thank you for sharing the love on all these wonderful topics that you're sharing with the, with the world and with the collective. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me here, Jack. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.